The following is brought to you in part by MFC Studios. The views of the show's host and guests do not necessarily reflect those of the management, owners, or staff of this radio station. And now, it came from the radio. Again, to it came from the radio, the official show of the Big Apple Con. We're here live um, on Facebook Live and live on tape in front of a live studio audience at the Samania Mall for our 30th, 3030 live show, courtesy of the East Metal Public Library. Um, I am here with our special guest co host, it's uh, Jen Elise Feldy from uh, Life with Energy. Hello, thanks for having me. My mom's a librarian, so I'm very proud to be affiliated with the library, even though I can't read books. Well, that's manga. you got to read it from left uh, to right. Oh, uh, flip it upside down. Yeah. Oh, okay. And we also have our uh, oh. senior correspondent, Charlie Saladino, right there. So um, our guest is actually running late, so he'll be here very shortly, and he'll gingerly walk in, and we will interview him. But it's our special guest is going to be artist Jay Hewer and wrestler Francis Kip Stevens. Uh, they'll be talking about their book. And all their fun stuff. Um, matter of fact, I believe they're uh, walking in right now. There they so, are. But uh, before we do that, before we talk to them, because they're not here this time, we're going to take it away with the news. Sorry the, about the news is brought to you in part by the fine folks of the Big Apple Con, of which we are the official radio show of celebrating over 25 years of comic bookness and pop culture stuff. For more information, go to www.bigapplecc.com. Uh, the next convention will be on April 4th and 5th, and they will have none other than uh, Jim Lee as their headliner and the original Green Ranger, uh, Jason David Frank. And walking gingerly in, uh, we have uh, Jay Hewer. Good day. The microphone is right there, so just enunciate and it will pick it no up No gingerly really well. to that walk. And, there you go, Francis Kip Stevens, say hi. What's up, friends? Alright, so uh, now that they're here, we're going to take it away with the news. Also want to mention, uh, make sure your cell phones are on silent. Also want to mention, and I'm getting feedback. So I'm yeah, getting feedback. Okay, well, yeah. Yeah. Listen, the news of the day is GPS, no good. No, no bueno? No, we don't like GPS. You put in the address and it takes you somewhere else. Yeah, that's, that's, that's uh, no PS. <laughs> that's why we got to go back to old-fashioned humans. That's why I keep a special human in my car at all times and pull them out. Much better. The Atlas. Back in the day, the old brothers who used to get to towns, oh, the they Atlas. had a road atlas. Yeah, the, the map, yeah. I don't know if anybody, like, a younger generation even knows how to use an atlas, which is kind of, like, scary. Talk yeah. about skills that are no longer, like, deemed necessary anymore. Well, before we go with the news and uh, mention our Patreons, I do want to mention that um, I heard in the actual news that somebody was following GPS, drove into a lake, because they were following a GPS as opposed to a... Uh, was the person's name Michael Scott? Ooh, no. <laughs> Michael Scott. So, um, I want to do a shout out for our Patreons, of which there are Danny Grillo, award winning director Jared Burrell, Two Sets of Horror, Kyle Horn, Millie Portez, Newsday Famous Dresden Media, Unji Kun, and Shadow Rabbit Art. Also, want to give a special non Patreon shout out, a Patreon shout out to Greg Iosa and to Mythic Games. Uh, that's www.mythicgamesny.com. So let's see what we got for the news. We're going to start with sad news. 
as we always tend to do. Actor John Carlin died recently of heart failure. Uh, John appeared in such films as House of Dark Shadows, Daughters of Darkness, Night of Dark Shadows, Pains from Heaven, The Dark Wind, and Surf Ninjas, just to name a few. On the small screen, John appeared in such shows and movies as, here we go, The Big Story, Naked City, The Doctors, The Original, Mod Squad, The Magician, Medical Center, Police Story, Kojak, Shazam, the TV series, Manic, Trilogy of Terror, The Picture of Dorian Gray, The Waltons, The Original Hawaii Five-O, The Original Charlie's Angels, Hunter, Barnaby Jones, The Rocker Files, Sword of Justice, The Original Starsky and Hush, Quincy N.E., Vegas, Murder, She Wrote, Roseanne, An Unauthorized Biography, um, Mad About You, just to name a few. Of course, John is perhaps best known for his two roles of Willie Loomis in the original Dark Shadows TV series, spanning 182 episodes, and as Harvey Lacey in the series Cagney and Lacey for 110 episodes, as well as four made-for-TV movies continuing the series in the late 90s. You're a fan of uh, Cagney and Lacey? You're a fan of the actor? You know who he is? I knew none of those things. I heard Charlie? Like, <laughs> yeah, Dark Shadows fan, right? Dark Shadows is ABC, yeah. I yeah. Know. That was uh, right after they uh, went off the air, Ryan's Hope moved right into that studio. So you, you were a fan of uh, Dark Shadows? Uh, big, everybody was a fan of Dark Shadows back then. Do you remember John, uh, John Carlin? Uh, not personally, but yes, I remember him on the show. He, excellent. He's an excellent, he was, sorry, an excellent actor. And uh, that's why he did all those roles. But, yeah. uh, and that's just to name a few. It was a lot more on the list. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, he was a spry 86. 86. God bless. Moving on from more sad news. Um, actress Marsha Kramer also died recently, and as of this recording, no cause of death has been released. Uh, Marsha appeared in such shows as The Waltons, Touched by an Angel, Frasier, NCIS, Dr. Ken, Days of Our Lives, and Malcolm in the Middle, just to name a few. But her most recent role was that of Margaret in the series Modern Family for 14 episodes mm -hmm. out of the seven-year run. She played um, Ed O'Neill's uh, secretary on the show. So if you were familiar with that show, that was her. Uh, fans of that uh I, I believe they family? just had an episode with her on it about a week or two ago. Yeah, that's what so it was I, like might have been her last episode. Yeah. So uh, she was a spry seventy four. Not to be confused with the O. J. Simpson case, Marsha Kramer. That would be Marsha Clark. Marsha Clark. No. Kramer. <laughs> Kramer versus Kramer. Marsha Clark, you know. That's a good that's actually a good connection. It's a comic relief Facebook. <laughs> um <laughs> moving on. <laughs> For the last bit of sad news, um, writer and actor Jack Burns also died recently of respiratory failure. Uh, Jack was perhaps best known for his role as the crash test dummy in the series of PSAs reminding people to buckle up in recent years. However, in the 60s, Jack had partnered with legendary comedian George Carlin and was the head writer for the series Hee Haw as well as the first season of the original Muppet Show which included the first Muppet movie. Um, you, I, I see that. Uh, we got the Muppets on the way. Yeah, I'm, I'm, you're talking Muppets. You're talking my language now. So he was a he was a writer and famed uh, voice actor mm -hmm. and actor, but that was his uh, his claim to fame was the the dummy. You guys remember the dummies, the crash oh, yeah. test dummies? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But was he on the cartoon? I don't know. I think the he crash test dummy cartoon. I don't. You know, yeah. I never saw that show, yeah, so I cannot funny. say if it was the same voices. But I would think that it would be the same voice. It's kind of crazy, like how iconic some things in the '80s were. Like those crash test dummy commercials were. Yeah. Seriously, everybody like just my age group definitely remembers them. And just to think, like even just doing the voice of that, like those things had such a long run. And again, they made a cartoon out of them. So that's yeah, like you know and how toys. iconic. They that made is. a toy line. 
That's true too. Because why would you get to, make cartoons? Well, you get to have the car and you can actually crash it. That's crunch the car, right there. crush the dummy. <laughs> That's it right there. His limbs went all blue. Sorry. Uh, so moving on for some more happier news. He was a spry what? Oh, he was a spry eighty-six. Wow. Thank you. So let's see. Um, moving on for some more happy news. Happy news. Uh, from the first you play it, now you live it department. Atari Video Game Company has partnered with GSD Group to build the very first video game themed Atari Hotel in the United States with the first location in Phoenix, Arizona later this year. Uh, the hotel will feature a unique lodging experience combining the iconic brand of a one-of-a-kind video game themed destination with fully immersive experiences for every age and gaming ability including the latest in VR and AR which is augmented reality uh, stuff. Um, select hotels will feature state-of-the-art venues and studios to accommodate eSport events. You remember we had the guy from eSports uh, a while back, how yeah. it's, it's such a huge thing and yeah. there's, there's, there's people watching on TV and there's, there's, there's big bags of money involved and there's colleges going out for eSports. It's a, it's a huge thing. So now for them making a hotel for eSports, that's kind of smart. Hmm. Um, Atari Exec says, <clears throat> We are thrilled to partner Sounds nothing like with the GSD group. I know him. And True North Studio to build the first ever Atari branded hotels across the United States. Together, we'll build a space that will be much more than just a place to stay. Atari is an iconic global brand that resonates with people of all ages, countries, cultures, and ethnic backgrounds. And we cannot wait for fans and their families to enjoy this new hotel concept. Uh, the GSD exec says. When creating this brand new hotel concept, we knew that Atari would be the perfect way to give guests the nostalgic meets retro modern look and feel we were going for. Let's face it, how cool will it be to stay inside an Atari? Now, I know in Japan, they have tons of theme restaurants and hotels. Like they have the Sailor Moon place, they have, mm -hmm. uh, it's like Planet Hollywood, but for, Jap for Japanese stuff. Mm -hmm. So this is a video game place First of its kind in the United States. What do you guys think of that? Sounds very economical because all you have to do is put a computer in all the rooms. You don't have to make a pool, a gym, because no one's going to leave their room. They're just going to play video games all day. Are you uh, saying that video I, game players don't go outside? I, I know a few and they don't. <laughs> That's why when you said they're putting it in Phoenix, Arizona, I'm like... Perfect. Oh, part of me is like, on the other hand, though, like, Phoenix is so beautiful. Like... If I'm going to a hotel in Phoenix, I kind of want to like go out and explore in the warm weather. Like, put it in Minnesota. No but one's going right, outdoors in Minnesota. You can go to seven different places on your computer, so that's cooler. Stay that, in your that's computer. True. Maybe, maybe in your computer you can go to a colder location, like to get out of the mm. warm Phoenix sun. Now we're talking. Mm. Personally, I want to be outdoors <laughs> when it's uh, that weather, you know, but. I do think this is great for the gaming community it's that they can actually have a place, get together, create a community like that. Make a big weekend of it at that specific hotel. There's something that you can really grow out of this. So that is a cool opportunity. You know what you can grow out of this? What? An arcade. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, they had an outside, there, uh, outside game for a while. Remember, was that Pokemon? Well, oh, the Pokemon Go. Oh, yeah. 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 And, and that's then, when they were... Uh, then they were like... Uh, Say, uh, yeah, I'm over here, and then <laughs> the person would go there, and then, yeah, I'm Pikachu, give me your wallet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were like, yeah, they were, they, people were getting ripped off and really? stuff like that. Uh, so, so, yes, so as our senior correspondent there, Charlie, <laughs> when Atari came out, back in the day, would you have gone to a hotel for Atari theme back then? 
No, we all had lives back then. We wow. all had lives, really. We were, the views of the show was so host much and guests. Going on. There was so much going on in the late 60s and the 70s, especially if you were a musician. You weren't going to stay. You know where they were yeah. popular. There was these places in the colleges called Rat Skellers. And all the games would be down in, in like this basement. So you'd have a couple of brews, and that's where you'd play these games. But to stop your life to play the game, no, the biggest, but the biggest game, I got to be fair, the biggest game we had was Pong. And then, With the sticks then and the, uh, Asteroids came out, which was, because Asteroids had its own, its own table down in the Rat Skeller. And you put your beer in the corner and you just play away. But so, I mean, we didn't have the games that they had now. But I think it was a whole different generation. It was, we were out there doing stuff. We were in bands, we were going to concerts, we were, so, you know, so just what having happened? a great time. <laughs> what happened? I don't know, don't blame me. <laughs> I'm not doing games what anymore. Did you I'm still do? going out to concerts and playing in bands. That's true. Ah, uh, so moving on. Let's see. Um, <laughs> Did I just kill our old, our old gaming uh, yes. fan? Uh, <laughs> gaming fandom that now hates us, but the views, the views of the show expressed hope. by... Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, so moving on. This next segment is sponsored by Atari. <laughs> I, you know, you're not far off. Did you read the news in advance? I'm, I'm just Kruskin. What can I tell so, you? So, from Kruskin. the how dare you offend somebody, now you're fired department. Mm. Cartoonist Rick Friday who worked for 21 years on his It's Friday editorial cartoon for the Farm News publication in Iowa, was unceremoniously fired and then rehired after a two-month period because one of his cartoons offended the paper's major advertiser, oh. causing the advertiser to withdraw its funding. Mm -hmm. uh, the, editor, which got the editor approved the comic, and he got reprimanded, and they fired the artist. Uh, the cartoon featured two farmers talking over a fence. One said, I wish there was more profit in farming. The other one said, there is. In the year 2015, the CEOs of Monastar, DuPont Pioneer, and John Deere combined made more than 22,000 Iowa farmers. Upon getting fired, Rick had this to say. <clears throat> I am no longer the editorial cartoonist for Farm News due to the attached cartoon which was published yesterday. Apparently a large company affiliated with one of our corporations mentioned the cartoon was insulted and canceled their advertisement with the paper, thus resulting in a reprimand of my editor and cancellation of its Friday cartoons after 21 years of service and over 1,090 published cartoons to over 24,000 households in 33, countries, 33 counties of Iowa. Um, I did my research and only submitted the facts in the cartoon. Uh, that's okay. Hopefully my children and grandchildren will see that this last cartoon published by Farm News will shine light on how fragile our rights are to free speech and free press really are in the country. So, it's an editorial cartoon which got approved. The, the head uh, advertiser got mad, took their sponsor, and fired him. What do you guys think of that? You want the truth? You can't handle the truth. Clearly <laughs> <laughs> can't. That got deep. <laughs> so deep, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy that that happened, but it's weird how we were just talking about sponsors and being told, like, well, what, where's the line? Like, it was approved by the editor, yeah, so he should not have gotten fired. The editor yeah, would I mean, be the one. Yeah, he 
clearly wasn't taking the heat too much on that one. He was just like, ah, it was that cartoonist, but... Yeah, like, that's, in my opinion, I think that's well, how it should have The way corporate America works is they could have talked to the other... If you don't take care of the situation, you're out of here. So it trickles down to the guy, mm -hmm. you're fired. You I know. didn't know that they were given, Italian given, mobsters in <laughs> <laughs> Gives them the big take of this. Now, yeah. I'm going to forward a question to Jay. Oh. You know, I hope you don't mind me interjecting here, but you being the writer of this panel right now. Um, one of the writers. Yes. One of the writers, excuse me, and I'll forward it to all the other writers here. <laughs> I'm just the simple wrestler who gets slammed around. <laughs> like, if you were to take a job with, like, a major publishing company. Hired by Marvel. Hired, exactly. That would be amazing. But they, <laughs> but they tell you, hey, you know. You can't do this, you can't do that. And you have to make references to Coca-Cola, mm -hmm. Apple. You have to fill out. Like, those are some of our advertisers, and you have to insert them in your stories. Would you guys insert them in your stories? Guys, in a non yeah, yeah. no, that's that's actually not that difficult to do yeah. when you think about it. I mean, but do you when feel you like watch integrity, what, when you, no, because when you watch television, mm -hmm. how often do you watch commercials? I try and skip them. You skip them. So the alternative to that is insert the advertisement within the content of the show or the book or whatever it is that mm -hmm. you're that you're there for. So if the editor is like, "Hey, make sure you." Product place Coca Cola in three different spots, or make sure Atari is in the middle of the um, I don't know what hotel we're in this time. <laughs> make sure this product is there because they're sponsoring us, but they don't want your general ad. How about how about I flip the question then? I put them in, but I put them in as the villain. Oh. They're still there in there. You didn't tell me the context. That's there you go. See, I like that little. Uh, Be careful what you ask for. I, well, <laughs> if you, if you look at it this way, look at any Spider Man movie. Everybody uses only Sony products. Yes. That's Sony. exactly what it is. Like, yeah, that's why. Uh, look at Transformers. Right. Look at the cars. So, yeah. Look how beautiful the cars look until they transform. <laughs> so let's, let me ask another question a little bit deeper then. All right, yes. so product placement's one thing, but let's just say, and I don't know this, but. It's let's something say, you don't believe in. That's, I think that's where you're going. I, I, I won't say that, not necessarily, but how about this? Uh, the top person at Marvel is known as being a heavy Trump supporter. Okay. And he wants you to. Talk about something pro-Trump, and if you're leaning the opposite way, mm -hmm. would you do that? And that's another question right there, because even though that's not dollars and cents, now you're talking about uh, personal, mm -hmm. you know, where you personally stand on things and mm -hmm. issues, which is interesting as well. If hmm. the job is to write what they want you to write, that's different than being hired to write what you want to write. That's right. So it, it, it does make a difference. So if you're hired to write The Incredible Hulk, mm -hmm. and they say, make the Hulk friends with Trump, <laughs> my, that's, that's your job, that's yeah, what you're paid to do. Yeah. But, if you're writing your own comic, which Jay mm -hmm. does, and he was hired by Marvel to put his book under a, the Marvel banner, and then they start dictating terms, that's a completely different thing. Would I be uh, I, right I think that? the prime example of that's Howard the Duck. When you look at Howard the Duck, he's brought into Marvel. It was a creator-owned, well, not really creator-owned book, but creator-created book that Marvel owns, and Marvel started to try and dictate control, causing a, rift, a big rift. And mm -hmm. you know, you look through that rift and you find out, you know, where Destroyer Duck come from? <laughs> Gotta mm -hmm. love Destroyer Duck. Mm -hmm. 
So, so I, I think when you own the book, it's very different than when you're hired to write a book. If you're hired to write Spider-Man, you're inserting Sony. If you're hired to write Transformers, you're going to have the cleanest cars in the <laughs> desert plowing through who knows where. Yeah. Um, when it becomes political, it's like being hired to write as, as a newspaper that's endorsing a certain candidate, whether it's yeah. Trump or whoever the next candidate is. So you yeah. have to keep that in mind. And push comes to shove, what are your standards? What are your morals? Are you willing to lose your job, lose your money, perhaps be blackballed as a, as a mm. career writer, as a, whatever your role is? Or are you going to take one for the team? What? Yeah, it's interesting. Because going back to the story, see, look at us bringing it back. Like, I'm wondering if that cartoonist knew that some of the people that he mentioned were sponsors or, like, Well, he said he, he, he did his research and only submitted facts that he knew were true. Right. And it got approved by the editor. The editor said, okay. And yeah. that's the well, thing. Once you get past the editor, you're, you're, you're free. Well, clearly not, which well, is interesting. When I, when I was going for the job I have now, you have to sit in front of a board of, of directors, and they ask you questions. One of the questions were... If you're super, if you see somebody doing blah blah blah, right. and you know morally that's wrong, and so, and you go to your supervisor, and your supervisor says leave him alone, what do you do? You're faced with a moral situation. What do you do? And I said, well, being a very a guy with morals, and and they gave me the situation, and being a father, this was another. Thing. So I said, no, I would take it. They said, you're fired. You do what your supervisor tells you to do. Mm -hmm. And that's the answer to that question. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So after 60 days, he got rehired. And um, he says, after 60 days, Farm News had offered me an agreement to return, as with an apology, both of which I have accepted, and returning to submitting cartoons. By returning to Farm News, this gives a strong statement to all who try to censor the truth and that the voices of many people were heard. I respect opinions and diversity and understand that in order to survive, we must each must take our best choices environmentally and economically. Most importantly, we must be nice to one another. Thank you everyone for sharing your voice and support. Once you get your work past the editor, you have it in the bag. Document everything and push to the limits. <clears throat> so, going like eventually said. he was right. He got unfired, but still, it was, it's, it's weird how it took two months for them to, to, do, to undo something that they shouldn't have done in the first place. Moving on. <laughs> for our... Ooh, two more bits. So, next bit of news is, from the She's 90, Let's Celebrate by Killing Her Off Department. <laughs> Dynamite Entertainment has announced that for the 90th anniversary of the first Nancy Drew book being published, they will release a new comic book series which kills off the main character, leaving the Hardy Boys to solve the mystery. Hmm. Coming out in April, Nancy Drew and the Hardy Boys, the death of Nancy Drew, hmm. um, is in stores. Executives say, For all of the years, there have been a lot of difficult mysteries to solve in the lives of Nancy Drew as well as the Hardy Brothers. But we wanted to top them all, and so put together the ultimate case, solving Nancy's death. With some twists and turns that all fans, new and old, of Nancy, Frank, and Joe, which I didn't know those were the Hardy Boys' names, <laughs> will enjoy. Did you know that was their names? Yes, I did. Oh. <laughs> but my thing is, right in the middle of that story, I'll save you time, they should let her live and kill off the Hardy Boys. Whoa! Whoa. There's I'll your take. twist. She was, she, was more, she was wiser in sol solving her crimes. 
So, <laughs> so they'll never be able to solve this. For those, of you, for those of you who don't know, the character of Nancy Drew first appeared in 1930 in her first novel, The Secret of the Old Clock, created for young girls as a counterpart for her few-year-older friends, the Hardy Boys. Nancy's popularity skyrocketed with over 80 million books sold, available in 45 languages around the world, adapted into film, television, video games, comic books, and countless merchandise. Um, this reminds me of um, a play I saw with Frank Langella, who was Dracula. He played Sherlock Holmes. It was the very first play I ever saw on Broadway. It was called Sherlock Holmes' Last Case, when it was Sherlock Holmes' final case, and it was somebody trying to kill Sherlock Holmes. Spoiler, this was a hundred years ago. Turned out that it was Watson, was jealous of Holmes, and he tried to kill him. And he faked his death, and then he, he, he solved the mystery, but that was his last case. So it's kind of like this, that I don't think she's really dead. <laughs> no, this is, like, this is like a Superman's dead. You know, Superman's mm -hmm. dead. The, come the, back. Probably the, uh, the sales were going low, so they're going to kill you. I just think it's yeah. weird that for, the, for her anniversary, let's kill yeah. her off. Didn't they do that with Archie? They, they did kill him, Archie. Didn't yeah. the, the repercussions of Archie's death turn into Riverdale? They, that is true. I mean, there's good that could come of this, and I agree. She's not dead. <laughs> yeah. yeah, personally, I'm not even going to buy the book. I'm not going to read it. I don't care about the Hardy Boys. They can do what they want. They're not going to solve the case, and I'm going to live my life. Jenna, are you a fan of Nancy Drew? I, I mean, maybe she, needed, maybe she needed a rest. So maybe we'll let her rest in well, peace. This is the and I, I like the idea of uh, the Hulk and Trump teaming up together. <laughs> you're still, they, you're still on the head. Well, you always come back to the joke, and I, I love that idea. Like Trump and Hulk together? It's, I would watch that. I'm fixated on that. In my mind, she heard that and it got stuck, and we just went through the whole Nancy Drew thing and just, yeah. woo! Yeah. Is, that, is that what happened? Yeah, just give the people what they want. Hulk right. and Trump. It's the ultimate odd couple. <laughs> exactly. Um, and finally, See, we final, all get it. Final, <laughs> final bit of news. From the That's a Lot of Chocolate Department. Just in time for Valentine's Day, or Singles Awareness Day, as some, myself included, mm -hmm. call it, uh, Japan created a three-foot-tall, solid chocolate statue mm. of Godzilla. Mm. The statue is in display at Tokyo's Shinjuku, my lord, shopping complex, and will be out and about until February 17th when the Godzilla vs. Valentine's Day promotion ends. Mm. I can just I see a thousand kids licking that statue. <laughs> I mean, three, three feet tall, that's pretty intimidating. Yeah, three foot. That's, that's like what? What do you call it? Chopzilla? <laughs> For the grand finale, does he breathe fire? And then that would. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. Yeah. Like a uh, lava, like those chocolate lava yes. things they have at weddings, like have it coming out. Oh, man. Now, we're getting somewhere How friends. about, how about Ghidra, the three-headed chocolate monster comes and like with its lightning bolt melts Godzilla. And it becomes like a malted. No one kills the king I'm just thinking. <laughs> I didn't have dinner yet, I'm thinking. I'm trying to think. Three foot tall, like how heavy, solid chocolate that must yeah, it's, that's that's the. And how do they make that? Like, how do you how do you even do that's that? That's one hell of a mold. That's a yeah. lot of diabetes. It's <laughs> it's mind-boggling to me. Unless there's this, they just make a big mold of a square chocolate and then oh, and sculpture then, goes and then sculpture it like like an ice sculpture. Yeah, well, they try to find sculpture. the real thing and just take a mold of that and then make the chocolate. 
make a find a three foot Godzilla. Right. Okay. Um, you know, Godzilla's higher than three feet, right? There's probably many ones in the offspring, you know, it depends what you're meeting with. He gets shrunk in the wash. Yeah. What I want is a yes. whole animation with a chocolate Godzilla world. You know, <laughs> eventually someone's going to hear this, and on YouTube, someone's going to make that. Because, yeah. man. And I'm still going to be poor. You'd, <laughs> you'd be surprised all the crazy animations that I find. On YouTube. That one that you put on with Star Trek was amazing. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's mind-blowing what yeah. they can do. So, so if you're listening out there, Chocolate Godzilla Fest for yeah. celebration of Godzilla. I think what his enemy should be is the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Hell yeah. Ooh, God, and then delicious. at the very and end, I'll have the meat and s'mores. There goes that, You took the words out of my mouth. Oh, a s'mores fest at the end. Yeah, there you go. Oh, delicious. That big graham cracker crust. Yeah. 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 And they all meet in the middle. Well, that's oh, like and then the bomb happens. I'm salivating. Yeah. No, you got yeah. the really yeah. sound. The graham crackers could be the skyscraper. Brilliant. Write that story. Do it now. Yeah, writer. I think we're allowed to use Stay Puffed. No? You can use a marshmallow no. type Candy creature lines? and a uh, Mr. large dinosaur type creature. Like you're yeah. a writer, figure it out. Set oh, so you're saying figure out how to properly steal something without. Uh, yeah. Set in Candyland. You'll be surprised. In Candyland. Set in Candyland. <laughs> That'd be. It's this a lot like cleaner a than New York City. <laughs> that's, that's true. This is the most delicious crossover event ever. <laughs> yes, yes. As well. Hershey's will go ballistic with this. Ah, oh, yeah. They'll be the ones to yeah. produce it. Yeah. Down in Pennsylvania. That that would be the third movie in the Godzilla yeah. trilogy. You yeah. have yes. the the new one that's coming out. He's fighting King Kong, and then he'll go fight. Yeah, they made a Lego yeah. movie. Yeah. Why called, can't they make a chocolate the big, movie? The big kiss off. <laughs> Get it? Kiss. Oh. Ah. You know, I miss I miss my my button that hits the the drum. Yes. <laughs> yeah, All right. So that's it for the news. Thank God. That so, was the longest news we ever had. We're going to take our break. And we'll be right back with Kane from the radio in front of our live studio audience. Hey, this is Brimstone, and you're listening to my boys on It Came From The Radio. Hi, you've heard my voice open and close the show. Now we want to hear your voice. If you have a business or product, you can record a commercial here. We offer 30 and 60 second spots. For more information, contact Mark at MFC underscore studios at hotmail.com. Hey guys, want to impress everyone at your next party? Shock them all with a custom cake. Anything goes. Classic wedding cakes to wild party themes. Follow my social media for weekly videos and photos. We're a Long Island-based cake shop. Custom Cakes by Christy Incorporated. K-R-I-S-T-Y. Call or text anytime. 631 606-8166 Me Grimlock having fun on It Came From The Radio Me Greg Berger also Now, back to our show And welcome back to It Came From The Radio The Big Outcom We are here on our 30th live show in front of the live studio audience And the Samanya I'm here with our special guest co-host Jenna Elise Feldy from Jennergy.com but we have our regular guest, Jay Hewer. That's me. Francis Kip Stevens. Is it Francis Kip Stevens or Kip Francis Stevens? Francis Kip Stevens. Francis or, Kip Stevens. or Evil Kip. Evil Kip. Yes. It's not the placement. Or not the placement. Evil Kip. Okay. So no. let's. No, no pinkies necessary. <laughs> just straight up evil. So let's let's start with the the most simplest question. How did you two guys meet, and how did you two guys meet 
That is not a simple question. Nope. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you start. And I'll okay. You. <laughs> All right. Well, this is this is uh, okay. So it's like twenty years ago now. Twenty, 20 years Jeez. ago, there was this store called Pathmark. Oh, yeah. Pathmark. Yes. And uh, I had a job at Pathmark, and I used to stock shelves. Just throwing you were the stock up. boy. I was the stock boy. I ran a register. I, I stocked shelves. And then one day this guy came to town and I don't know why, I don't know what it was. It might have been my attitude. I was young and dumb. I don't know. I had something against this clown and really made it known. <laughs> I was very much um, cruel. Not, not the nicest person in the whole entire world, to say it nicely. Really? Yeah. And then one day, just one, one random day, probably after a year and a half of just walking past each other, copping dirty looks and all that stuff, he sees a Chris Jericho shirt on where he's like, you're a Jericho fan? Bonded forever. Yeah. And, and I think what, through the love of wrestling, brought you together. Yeah. And I think what strengthened that bond was he also knew uh, I can be very rambunctious. <laughs> so it'd be like, hey. Why is this bread display in the middle of y'all? I'm like, I'll take care of it. And I would climb up the freezers and jump off the freezers onto the bread display and be like, it's fixed. <laughs> Meaning they had to clean it up. You're not giving him reason. No, now we're digressing because there was this one time. <laughs> see, he stocked the, the milk. Yeah. And we used to go behind the dairy case and there was this one janitor. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, we're going to... We, we, well, well, not us. One of our, our friends who also decided that it would be fun to jump in the mix um, took a... Glass container of cooking oil and smashed it down the aisle. <laughs> and we hid behind the milk and watched it unfold. What? The, the custodian took a mop and started mopping the oil. He oh. spread an oil slick oh. down an entire aisle. So it became an ice skating <laughs> rink shortly thereafter. Are you why Pathmark went out of business? <laughs> it's possible. Is, hopefully, That's why Pathmark all those lawsuits yeah. from the vault. <laughs> I mean, look, the cease and desist have expired, so we can now <laughs> share these fun stories. And again, did like, you put a camera up front so you could see all this? No uh, evidence. Yeah. <laughs> I did find a couple of Polaroids. Did I send them to you? No. Uh, really? The Polaroid of the chair shot in the back room. Oh, dear. We used to have a ramp. We used to walk down like the NWO. <laughs> um, there might have been a stunner or two involved. Yeah, I mean, we were just very immature, and that made for fun. That's what bonds a friendship, I think. Immaturity mm -hmm. and some common interests. Mostly the immaturity, though. Uh, yeah, well, All right. not much like, mature now. Yeah. Like an Ash Evil Dead collaboration would work well with you guys, because he's in store and he always gets into it with people. So I, 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 this is what I'm thinking of. I, okay, I'm down with it. I'm, I'm not familiar with it, but I'm going to act like it. Uh, that sounds awesome. You are 100% right. That's great. I, I mean, it, from the days of my ideas coming to, to like my brain, he would just enact them. I was just like, Justin, how cool would it be if we did? <gasps> I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> Which, right, you want to go through the table? Yes. Yes, yeah. I do. Which led uh, you know, to your creative juices in the writing world and my uh, creative juices in the wrestling world, ironically. Mm. Yeah. 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 So now the second easiest question. <laughs> How did you get into wrestling? How did you get into comics? You can go first. Well, I'm going to tell the story of how you got into wrestling. Well, you're going to tell each other's story? That would be interesting. Well, it, it, it's a good story that I, I feel like I have a full two-fish cushion. As the writer. As the writer. Let's, let's hear the writer it version. It was just one of those... I, 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 there's been a lot of kip moments where he's perplexed and I, I don't have a filter. So as I'm trying to keep this age appropriate, you can see I'm kind of stumbling over my own words because certain words want to come out. Um, so it was one of those things where it was just, 
he was in the middle of college, not sure what to do with his life, like any college student, and loves wrestling more than anybody I know. I mean, you talk about a passion and drive for wrestling, and at the time, he's a skinny, probably 115-pound kid. And finally, I just turned to him one day, and this is my attitude, I'm fed up, because it's like, I'm tired of hearing this. I just turned to him, like, will you just sign up for wrestling school? Mm-hmm. And he just looks at me, he's like, no, I don't know. I'm like, no, just sign up. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I don't know. No, just sign up. You need to sign up for wrestling school. Mm-hmm. Go sign up for wrestling school. You know where mm-hmm. one is. Go sign up, pay the fee, and go to wrestling school. Mm-hmm. How long did it take after that? Two weeks? <laughs> I don't know. Like, just, usually peer pressure works. Yeah, and it was just kind of happenstance. I just happened to be at a trade show, and there was a wrestling school there. Uh, mm-hmm. And I was like, kind of like, you know, poking around, like, oh, wrestling's in the, around here. And then um, I talked to their champion. His name was Dickie Rods. And, uh, you know, he was talking to me. He's like, hey, you should come to one of our shows. And I don't know why I had the courage to say this out loud. But I was like, oh, it'd be cool if you had a school because they wouldn't mind training. Mm-hmm. And I was expecting to be laughed at. And he was like, oh, yeah, well, it seems like you're really passionate. Yeah, come on down. I was like, what? Wow. And, New York Wrestling Connection? Yeah, mm-hmm. NYWC, mm-hmm. as far as you know who they are. Yeah, I have parody videos interviewing the wrestlers there. That's another story. Oh, that sounds like a <laughs> That's the story we want to hear. It's very fun. All yeah. right. How long ago was this? Um, this was in the spring. I dressed up as half cat, half woman with my doctor who turned me into half cat, half woman to make a whole trans wrestling species league and interviewed the people as a half cat person. Yeah, that's where Making I got, them feed me catnip. That's so funny. That's where I got my start. Uh, I'm no longer there. Uh, now I'm at Creative Pro in Hicksville, New York, yeah. to plug them because they're the best wrestling school in the world. But yeah, like I started at NYWC. Uh, like my first trainer there who just recently passed away, Crusher Dugan. Oh. Yeah, that was maybe a couple of weeks ago, which is sad. But uh, nobody thought I was going to last. Like everybody hated me at first. Kind of like Jay. Why didn't they think you'd last? Because I was really skinny. Okay. Um, I'm sure everybody at this table has had those moments where they're nervous, they're a little overwhelmed, mm-hmm. and they're trying to make a good impression, and by doing so, you talk a lot, and you're trying to justify why you're messing up, and mm. no, 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 no. The best thing you can do in those situations is just mouth shut, ears and eyes open, but mm-hmm. I didn't know any better. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, slowly but surely, started earning everyone's respect, because they saw that I wasn't taking no for an answer, my stubbornness, as in, like, again... Oh, one day me and Jay are going to be friends, but again, stubbornness at first, like, oh, I'll break through that one day, mm-hmm. kind of like with wrestling, like, I wasn't going to take no for an answer. I paid for a whole year. I was getting a whole year out of it, no matter what. Good for you. I set up a small goal of just have one match. If I do that, it'll never be taken away from me. Mm-hmm. And, geez, I've eclipsed that Lord knows how many times over, and grateful for it all, and blessed for it all, and, you know, just fortunate for it all. So, that's like the short version, the clip How much version. weight did you put on since you started? Jeez. So I was probably... So you don't look skinny now. Oh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> no, that was an insult. Oh. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> you're a fat slob. Yeah. Look at you. You're like, you're like a... I will... I, I really like yourself. shirtless. Like, my muscles are there. Not bad. So, yeah. Wow, now I'm making blush. So, I, uh... I, I'm my heaviest, but this was like... I felt like I probably got up to 170, but that was bad weight. Like, where I was just like, I have to get bigger, I have to get bigger, and anything. But now I'm probably around, like, the 150 range, but just solid, because I just do insane amounts of cardio and spend insane amounts of time at the gym, uh, which is very boring. But, like, I just kind of, like, had a laser-like focus where it's like, nope, I want to look like uh, this wrestler named Finn Balor, Mm -hmm. who's very... uh, has very much a comic book influence, because he dresses up like a demon sometimes, and will do body paint. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, man... 
he's not the biggest guy, but he's the most ripped, and he looks big because of it, and that's what I kind of influenced my body type like. So right now at like a solid 150, I just still want to put on size, but it's also like finding the right balance of weights and stuff like that. But ultimately, it's just getting my butt to the gym and just going for it like crazy. Would you like to show our viewers your body? Well, this is the radio show. <laughs> hey. well, well, there's viewers now. That's true, man. Uh, you, you can see the arm bulge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Kit it's, from uh, Mr. Poppin' Twist. Hey, I'm Mr. Poppin' Twist. Twist. Mr. Poppin' Twist, for the record, makes the best balloon animals, balloon figures on Long Island, and he made a Kip one, and it made my day. So thank you, Poppin' Twist. There you go. Mm. Yes. Yes, we have. Yes. All right, so show. Evil Kip, now you have to tell the story of uh, how Jay got into comics. So, as long as I've known Jay, he's been into comic books, and he got me into comic books for a strong period of time. And it was just another way that we bonded with each other, reading, like, I remember Batman Hush, Ultimate Spider-Man, everything like that. And then we'd go to cons together, which was always fun. Uh, and then Jay started getting a passion, like, you know, it'd be cool if he had a story that me and him would just, like, bounce these ridiculous ideas off of each other, which was always cool. Now, where I went to the wrestler route, Jay pursued writing, like, nonstop. And he would make connections with, you know, pretty important people, I would say, in the industry. Or, whereas other people, we've all been at Comic-Cons, and we've seen people who were dead silent, going up to somebody, just wants their book signed so they can flip it on eBay, mm. or just, you know, really not with the best morals. Like, Jay would, would approach them, and so would I, like, with genuine curiosity, asking questions, and we'd get great feedback. And the one constant was, just keep writing, just go for it. And that's what Jay did. And I can tell you, Jay will write so many, like, world-building things, so many, like, original stories. He'll also take ideas for, like, he'll write a Batman story, he'll write a Superman story, just because he wants to challenge himself, and we'll send those pitches out. And that's one thing about Jay, is he has an incredible drive as well. He also has a full-time job as a teacher. So, like, it's kind of incredible how he has one whole world, and he can pass on his knowledge from the writing world to young students, and get them inspired to start writing and be creative mm -hmm. and stuff. I kind of feel like the common theme with us is creativity. And just that drive to just pursue and go for it. And again, like, it's been cool for me seeing Jay's journey as a writer. Because, like, when he would first write things, he'd be like, hey, you have any ideas? And I'd throw out some suggestions here and there that he thought were kind of ridiculous, but it doesn't matter. They worked, though. We made them work. Yeah. But, like, he'll send me something now, like, hey, I want you to read this. And I'll be like, oh, my God, this is brilliant. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of crazy, like, just keep going, like keep hitting the gym for Jay's thing, you know, keep riding. Like, that's how you become, like, an expert at something. Like, the Malcolm Gladwell 10,000 Hours Theory, like, that's Jay in a nutshell right there, where he just keeps going and going and pushing and pushing. And what's amazing now in this DIY world we're in, you can find, like, different kinds of publishers. You could do something yourself. You don't have to be limited to the big companies. Same thing with wrestling. You don't have to be just WWE. There's so many other places you can make a living. Same thing for Jay as a writer. There's so many places that will give him an opportunity and look at his stuff. So, so yeah. Sorry, I, I'm gonna interject because he mentioned like meeting meeting people. Yes. Um, I had the good fortune of meeting Jim Lee when he was first at DC, when Wildstorm was at DC, and at this point in time, it was, I think every what every writer goes through. It's like I'm gonna start at DC. Mm. Yeah. Except that they don't take submissions at all. Like mm. they they don't want you. Well, they don't. Not that they don't want you. They don't. 
want you unless they know you. So I, I meet Jim Lee, and I was talking to him about pitching for Wildstorm, and he's like, yeah, just go to our website. I'm like, I've been to your website. It says, you know, un no unsolicited submissions. He looked me square in the eye. Stopped what he was doing, picked his head off the table because he was just signing autographs at that point in time. He just looks at me, and it just simple motto, simple phrase that became my motto. I was like, and that's going to stop you. He's like, you're going to let that stop you? And I was like, done. And that was it. Then it was like, you know what? It, it, just a simple thing. And I was like, I'm moving forward. That's all I have to know. It's like nothing, there's nothing that'll stand in your way. It's just a matter of figuring out the way to get in. So that's kind of what drives me. It's like, I, I'm also, you know, very happy. I don't need to bow down to the editors at Marvel to make sure Coca-Cola is in my book. <laughs> I, I, don't, I, I, I don't need to, you know, struggle and strive and just do whatever they need me to do when I have a wonderful avenue to find like-minded people who are willing to run things with me, to work with me and just share a passion, develop a book together. Um, that, that's kind of what gets me going. And then, of course, I get the teaching world where I can stand up in front of my sixth grade class and say, you might want to listen. <laughs> I might know a little something. So you mentioned 10,000 hours of writing. Oh, 10,000 hours. And you have a plethora of different types of books. Why don't you just give us a little sampling of what, uh, what okay. books you have. So early on, in like, if you go to my website, jasonheber.com, um, I have tons of samples. And what I discovered right away was I wasn't going to let the genre stop me. I didn't want to become superhero writer, even though I love superhero books and it's kind of my preferred choice. But there was a company called Grey Haven Comics. And when I first started the bare bones of actually writing a book, I approached Grey Haven Comics with this sampler that I, I did with my friend Ron Oldenborg. And Ron took it upon himself. He took this challenge. I said, I want, you're good at South Park art. I'm going to write this story. I want you to draw South Park art. Hmm. And we did. And it's on my website. It's called To Hell and Back. This book became a trilogy. The artwork is what it is. It's done by people who are, you know, it's our first go around of doing something. Ron is by far, he'll admit it now, he's not an artist. <laughs> um, my wife, God bless her soul, mm -hmm. drew, colored the entire mm -hmm. book with markers That's because cool. she refused to let me touch it with any kind of piece of marker. She said, you are not coloring this, I will color it. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I took this and it was our experiences, it, it was experiences at Comic-Con. And I just put it through the lens of a writer and it became one of the funniest books that I could pass around. Um, coincidentally, there may or may not be a G.I. Joe book where Snake Eyes goes to Comic-Con that may or may not have pages directly taken from my book. But I cannot confirm nor deny that I gave that book to a certain writer and let him read it. So I won't. Harley Quinn also went to Comic-Con, but Jimmy Palmiotti is awesome, so <laughs> love that guy. Um, so, so anyway, I went to Great Haven Comics, and, and I kind of like my head, my head down. I was kind of like, hey, you know, guys, um, this is something that, that I put together. It's not, you know, it hasn't, he's, and, and the editor there is just like, this is passion, man. And that started it. That gets me in the door. So then they, they have the genres, and it's like, we're going to do a sci-fi book. I'm like, you know what, I'm going to pitch to that sci-fi book. And sure enough, it gets published in the sci-fi book. Mm -hmm. Oh, we want this alternative fairy tale book. All right, let me pitch to that. Three pages in that book. And it just, hmm. once you get published, it's kind of like your first match. Yeah. Once, you, right. once you get that taste, how much more can you do? And, and 
it wasn't enough. It was like, what can I do now? What can I do now? What can I do now? Because much like him, it was, you know, let me just get one story published. Let me just write for myself. Nobody needs to read this. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, you're just like, when's the next one coming out? When's the next one? Yeah, that's like the thing. It's for you and me both in our separate fields. It's like, what what's the next thing? Like, what's the next step? Like, you hit one new goal, and now you have to, well, let me do this next goal. And it's kind of insane when you think about that. And that's what life is all about, really, just finding those goals. Charlie, do you have a question for uh, our guest? No, I with just think less I, than I'm a sitting here and listening. Five minutes ago, I'm thinking um, this is a perfect example to anybody out there who just wants to do something and talking about it and talking about it. And these gentlemen just did. They just went out and did what they want, what they were passionate about. And, and that's what it's all about. You just got to go out and do it. Nothing's going to happen if you sit there and think about it. Mm-hmm. And, and th- these two gentlemen are perfect examples of that. Well, thank you very kindly for that. That's mm-hmm. like very, like, rah, 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 rah. Absolutely. You got a question for him, Jen? Yeah, I'd be curious. So I write, and I do physical work as well. So nice. I, I really do both of you. Also? Um, I'm actually casting for Phoenix Wrestling Federation. That's another story. I uh, happen to know somebody. Yeah, we'll talk later. We'll be talking when the camera. But my question, go my question was, uh, do you have any pre-wrestling or pre-writing rituals that get you like in the mood, get you primed to go? Because I have a lot of things that I get do pre-show <laughs> or pre-speaking or pre-workout. Well, I always have first. A I disrobe. <laughs> 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 put on my wrestling. I mean, foods or workouts or people you call or prayer. Or I don't know. No, that's that's a good question. Um, I mean, really, I, I'm always at training. I'm always mm-hmm. hitting the gym, you know, stuff like that. Uh, the day of shows, I kind of like, I'm kind of quiet to myself, like mm-hmm. getting my thoughts together. Uh, and then, like, right before, like, I'll do, like, some little stretches, but then right before uh, my match, I'll pace back and forth three times, jump three times in the air. Mm-hmm. And kind of psych myself up by saying, I'm the best wrestler in the world. I am the best man in the world. I'm going to rip it up. I can't wait for people to see what I'm about to do. Like, a little mantra like that, you know, just kind of like sets the mood like, mm-hmm. you know, no matter what, I'm unstoppable. And again, like, might be a match that I'm waiting over my head for, but once you say that, it's like, nope, it's go time. And like, even before my WWE matches, I did that. And mm-hmm. it kind of put me at ease. And it was just like, nope, I belong here. And even though there was, you know, over like 10, 15,000 people watching me in my underwear. I was just like, bring it on. Like, I'm, I'm here for a reason and I can't wait to show it off. Very cool. Thank you. I spin back and forth in the chair. <laughs> eventually, eventually, I just start typing gibberish. Like, legit gibberish. I have full on conversations with, with myself on a computer, okay. on a keyboard, just typing random right. things. And right. then eventually, it starts flowing into some kind of text and right. it becomes a story or a nugget of an idea and then it just develops into this new world. So basically I use my distractions and just start distracting myself on a computer. Right, right. Just start the um, flow. Exactly. Finding the flow. And once that happens, before you know it, you know, if you you stare at a blank page long enough, nothing's gonna be there. Yeah. You start typing random things on a blank page. Right. Um, and all of a sudden, something appears, and then the more you type, the more it finds that rhythm. It finds a right, flow. Right. It's got to be something more, more intimidating than just a blank word document. Uh-huh. Like that's yeah. got to be like such a like amazing hurdle to climb over at times. But you guys yeah. do it, which is great. Yeah, it took a while. I used to always get anxiety before writing my book. I even had a drink. This is like eight years ago. I found that if I had one drink before writing, it, I would write 
easier because the anticipatory anxiety was yeah. gone. So get drunk and get naked. Right. The two things wow, we're learned. just robing here too? Well, he said this. Hey! Hey, I said my underwear. You know? <laughs> you I, don't give, I don't give anything for free, my friends. <laughs> so we have less than five minutes to go. So it's social media time. Where can people find out more about your stuff? So for me, I am on Twitter, at Hewer14, or just jhewer. Instagram, j underscore hewer. And um, Facebook, jhewer. My website, jasonhewer.com. And if you start hitting up those sites, you'll start seeing me promoting Zion Wars, the latest Kickstarter that we have launched just now. Uh, right now? Right now. Like 24 hours ago, we're halfway funded. Wow. So awesome. 24 hours, we're 50% of the way there. Nice. Um, check it out on Kickstarter. Might be worth your time. Might enjoy what you see. Good um, 48-page graphic novel. Um, I'm so excited about this one. So you just go to Kickstarter and type Kickstarter, in your name? Zion Wars. Zion Wars. It won't be under my name. It's under my, my um, the publisher's Pilot Studios. So Pilot Ben Studios. Ferrari actually runs the Kickstarter. I load up the Kickstarter. I type up the Kickstarter. Mm -hmm. um, but Ben's the publisher, so it all goes through his Zion name. Wars. So Zion Wars. Zion Wars. Z-I-O-N Wars. Evil Kip, what's uh, social media? At Francis Kip STVNS for Twitter and Instagram because they wouldn't let me spell Stevens. Maybe I'll change that though to Evil Kip. Who knows? We'll have to mm. figure that out. Uh, Facebook at Francis Kip Stevens completely spelled out. Uh, you'll see me just wherever show will have me. I know <laughs> Leap Year Day, uh, February is the 29th then. It's Saturday I'll be at Blitzkrieg Pro. And I know March 15th I'll be at Creator Pro. And I haven't made the announcements yet, but I am going to be in Tampa for WrestleMania week. Nice. I am going to be on two shows, hopefully more. So if anybody's listening to this and is running a wrestling promotion in Tampa, WrestleMania week, I will be there and I'm bringing my underwear. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Love it. All right. So um, you guys are kind of, we, uh, live studio audience, we have a, a grand prize package. We have a print. I'm going to describe that for the uh, okay. on the radio. What is so, that? First, I, I brought a second print. I, I decided two minutes, two minutes or less. What is this? All right. So this is the story of how Francis Kip Stevens came to be. This is a, a one-page story that I put together with him. Um, the artist is uh, Jason Kimball, lettered by the great Micah Myers. Um, and basically, this is an anti-bullying story where it tells the story of how uh, Kip was bullied throughout his life and finally overcame that bully to face him in one epic final battle. Along those lines, I also decided to bring in this story. Two prints. It's called The Fake Easter Story. This was written by my daughter a couple of years ago when she was nine years old. Um, when you read it, this story was as hysterical as they come, and uh, I had to print it for her. So in addition to two prints, we have a Viz Manga sampler, courtesy of uh, the MCON Anime Fest. We have a pin of, I don't know who this character is. You know who this character is? <laughs> I don't know, but I'm loving the glasses. And a Viz Manga sampler. Nice. And from the fine folks at the Big Apple Con, we're giving away two passes, Ooh. Sunday passes, to the Big Apple Con, so you get to meet uh, Jim Lee and uh, Jason David Frank. And I'm throwing in an 8x10 as well. And an 8x10. Uh, without a underwear, Yes, underwear picture. Is it signed and personalized? It will be I will, signed. I will sign it and personalize it, and I'll put a, whatever message you want on there. Mm. All right. Mm. Hey, oh, oh, I get to pick. You get to pick the winner. Hold on, hold on. I, I cannot read this. Jennifer, read that uh, number for me. Five four four six seven seven. Five four four six seven seven. So if you you have a winner. Oh my God.
and uh, have a seat, and we'll take care of you after the show. Uh, so, final thoughts. So, we're less than uh, less than a minute to go. Charlie, I'm going to give a final thought. Yes. I want to thank these gentlemen for getting down here. They went through GPS hell. And, <laughs> and I just want you to know we appreciate it. You guys are great. Yes. Uh, thank, thank you, you so much yes. for coming down. Here. Yes. Uh, final thought. I'm final thought. You said just do it. Just go out there and just do it. Whatever your dreams are, don't take no for an answer. Just do it. Jay. Jay. I'd be silly if I didn't continue shilling my book. Zion Wars, <laughs> Kickstarter, That's support right. it now. 48 pages of greatness. Uh, if I had to pitch it, I would say it, it is... Is it an awesome book? It is an awesome book where the Pilot Studios characters unite to save the son of Adolf Hitler from mm -hmm. a demon who wants to consume his soul. That's Jennifer, final thought. Oh. Movement triggers more movement. So when you do something, just start moving. Oh, all right. And my final thought is this. Uh, thank you very much for coming down for our live show at the Samania Mall. Um, our next live show will be on uh, March 11th. We'll have uh, James Avilia there. Uh, we'll probably give away some more tickets to the Big Apple Con and probably a book of his. Um, much continued success. I've known you for a long time, and I'm glad you were able to come glad down to our here. show. Uh, special thanks to uh, East Meadow Public Library for our live show at the Samania Mall. And we'll be back on the, like I said, the 11th of March for our 31st show. And... That about does it for this week on the Kane Radio. Really Join us right here and every week on this radio station. If you miss any part of the show, Tough. go to our website, www.kanefromradio.com. Listen to our archives. We'll be up in a week or so. Check us out on such places as Beyond Zone Studios, Overcast, Podcast, iHeartRadio, Google Play, iTunes, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Spotify, Podbean, Player FM, Soundcast, Acast, CastBox, TuneIn, Stitcher, Podmas. I lost my paper. Oh, no. <laughs> um, Luminary, Blueberry, Mixcloud, Apple Podcasts, Deezer, Podcast Addict, Podchaser. You can ask Alexa or you can just ask Siri or just Google. It came from the radio. And we will see you uh, next time. You've been listening to It Came From The Radio with Mark Torres. The views of the show's hosts and guests did not necessarily reflect that of the management, owners, or staff of the station. We now return you to your earthly scheduled broadcast. <laughs>